Welcome to episode 99 of The Recovery Show. This episode is brought to you by Alice and Suzanne. They used the donation button on our website. Thank you, Alice and Suzanne, for your generous contributions. This episode is for you. We are friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live or have lived with the seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand as perhaps few others can. So much depends on our own attitudes, and we believe that changed attitudes can aid recovery. If you're new, do you wonder why members have been coming for years? Doesn't there come a time when we've learned it all? What do we gain from keeping on keeping on? Well, today I want to talk about two years of the Recovery Show podcast and why I'm doing it, why I started doing it, why I keep doing it, and what it means to me. Before we begin, we would like to state that though we at the Recovery Show may be in a 12-step program, we represent ourselves rather than the program. During this show, we will share our own experiences as they relate to this topic of two years of podcasting. The opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them. Take what you like and leave the rest. We hope you will find something in our sharing that speaks to your life. My name is Spencer, and I'm your host today. The first segment of today's episode of The Recovery Show will be a discussion of this topic, two years. Following a short break, I'll talk about my life in recovery, about how I practice these principles in all my affairs. I'll follow that with your email and voice contributions and some brief news before closing. So, I'm going to just start out, I guess, um, thinking about how it came about uh, that this podcast got started. Uh, what were we thinking? Uh, what did we hope to get from it? Or what were we trying to do with it, I guess? And the history the history goes back um, a little, uh, probably about a year, maybe, before the podcast began in December of 2012. I was talking to Mark, who produces the Recovered Podcast, and he said, hey, how would you like to be a guest on my podcast? And that thought had never occurred to me. It was a little bit scary. Uh, I wondered about things like my anonymity and how I would feel with my voice being out there on the internet and, but said yes, because it seemed, you know, it was a program thing and sort of, and I have always heard when the program asks you say yes. So I did say yes. And I found that I enjoyed the experience uh, being on the podcast with Mark and his other guests. And I, I guess, yeah, before I actually uh, started uh, being on the podcast, I listened to it for a while. So I, I had some idea what they were doing and and how I might be able to contribute, uh, particularly as an Al-Anon to a podcast that's mostly AA-themed, mostly AA topics, but there's a lot of overlap as as we've seen. So I did that for a while, and uh, it was interesting because he got some uh, feedback from from listeners uh, saying things like, "You know, I I don't get this this Al-Anon stuff. Um, it it doesn't it doesn't click with me. I don't understand it. And could you maybe explain about Al-Anon or something?" And so I said to him, "Well, maybe we should like do an Al-Anon episode." of the recovered podcast. And he said, Hey, maybe you should do a whole podcast about, uh, Alan on topics. And I was like, me, what? Uh, so I talked to some friends 
and they were encouraging and interested. And uh, a couple of them said, hey, I would do that with you. And so at the beginning of December uh, 2012, uh, Kelly Suetha and I recorded, uh, I think it was about 20 minutes of uh, discussion about boundaries. And we decided to put it up uh, as our pilot episode number one. Uh, we had really no no idea what we were doing at that point. Um, and so over the next few weeks, uh, we talked about the format of the show, what segments we'd like to have in it, um, uh, how we were, how we were going to do it, um, settled on, uh, uh, a rotating host, uh, schedule so that each of us would host a different week, um, started to develop a list of potential topics and put together the website and so on and so on. And over the next um, 10 months, I think, uh, we, we've developed a, a pretty good routine. Uh, it, was, it was very, very helpful to me, and I'm sure to Kelly and Swetha, to have uh, regular, regular co-hosts so that uh, when we came into the, into the recording uh, quotes studio, um, we sort of knew what to expect from each other. Um, we all knew the format, uh, we were familiar with it. We knew, you know, this came and then this came and, and developed, um, you know, a repertoire, a routine of passing off, uh, conversation and, uh, and started to get comfortable at it. And there came times during, during those months when one or the other of us was not available and, so we would bring in uh, friends from the community as guest hosts. And occasionally, uh, even when all three of us were there, we would bring in uh, a guest host. And so we started um, to get a little comfort with uh, bringing in people who were, who were not us, who were not uh, necessarily familiar with what was going on um, in the podcast and, and, and sort of how to bring them in. And, uh, you know, things were, things were going along pretty smoothly there. Uh, and, uh, it, uh, what, what we found, I, I, I will say what I found. Okay. I'm not going to speak for, for Kelly and Swetha. What I found was that, um, doing, doing the podcast, having to really think deeply about a particular topic every week, kind of like, you know, doing a, a lead at a meeting every week, except it actually longer than, than a typical meeting lead, um, really deepened my program it 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 made me dig in and and think about more than just maybe what I might say in a meeting uh, share in a meeting for a couple of minutes uh, and uh, you know strengthen my program got me more involved and uh, you know it it was really good um, and we started uh, we started hearing from you. We started getting emails and the occasional voicemail, and um, you know that that uh, that that did several things for us. One was that just knowing that you were out there uh, listening and um, you know paying attention to what we were doing, uh, uh, generally uh, appreciating what we were doing, sending suggestions uh, was awesome. Um, you know that we weren't. We weren't just speaking to the void. We weren't just 
recording our voices and putting it up and 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 not knowing what happened after that we we found uh, you told us that that what we were doing uh, was of value to you um, you said I would like to hear about such and such and such and such and that was also amazing and somewhat and and flattering and somewhat scary like oh people are actually listening people are actually paying attention oh my god um, but definitely uh, encouraging as well uh, to uh, uh, you know to to know that that what we were doing was of value to to people other than us we knew it was of value to us um, so we started including your voices some of you would call in um, and leave a message or or a long email or comment on the on the uh, the website and and that uh, you know that broadened our broadened our our experience and it broadened our message I think uh, and I know I've heard I've heard from some of you about how surprised maybe you were when uh, we actually we paid attention to you well <laughs> it was mutual I'll just say that um, and uh, then in uh, October of 2013, uh, Kelly and Swetha decided that they uh, were not able to continue uh, with the podcast, and that was reflected in the the changes episode. Um, I forget uh, the exact number. Um, where uh, you know, I had to use all of the tools that I had available to me. Um, to decide how to continue, whether to continue, whether could I do this by myself. Um, and, uh, you know, I heard from, from some of you after that, um, your appreciation that I, that I was continuing. And that was, that was very helpful to me, but all of a sudden, you know, it was a whole new game. Um, I didn't have this, this comfortable routine. I didn't have two other people who would back me up from week to week that I could, uh, you know, all of a sudden it was all me and that was really scary. Um, and, and I didn't really know how I was going to go forward with that. Uh, and, and there have been, ch- there have been changes obviously over the past year since then. Um, one of the things that I, f- I felt strongly about, uh, both from my experience with, uh, Mark on the recovered podcast and then our experience on the recovered show was that I wanted to have co-hosts, uh, that, uh, I, for for several reasons, one is just a, a matter of sort of emotional security that it's it's not all me, all myself. Uh, that uh, that has to do all the words and everything for the show, but also uh, because I really feel very strongly that um, you know we who are in uh, recovery programs are all different people, and. I have found it valuable to hear many different voices. And so I like to have co-hosts on the show so that you can hear different voices. It's not just, you know, one person's experience, not just one person's opinion. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting when my co-hosts agree with me and it's also uh, really uh, valuable when my co-hosts don't agree with me when they have a different experience than I do. Because maybe you 
relate more to their experience than to mine. Um, and and we're trying to you know we're trying to do the best we can here to uh, to carry this message of um, how Al-Anon, how twelve step recovery has worked in our lives, and I mean that plural. Um, you know, my experience is very different from other some other people's experience, and what has been most valuable in my life is different from what has been most valuable in other people's lives, and what may be most valuable in your life. Uh, so I had to really focus um, on on the podcast uh, much more strongly than I had. And some of the other things that we had been doing as part of the recovery show um, really fell by the wayside and just I was not able to do them. And, and in particular, um, Swetha had been uh, writing almost all of the daily meditations that, that were up on the website and... I tried to pick that up, and I just um, didn't have um, the at least the energy and the time uh, to do that. And eventually decided that um, I, I really need to have, have the the podcast, the audio podcast, uh, uh, come first. And that if I was able to do some meditations on top of that and post them, that that was that was good. But it was not the main focus of what what I was trying to do here. And um, over the last year, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that uh, my, my life has been pretty full in particular uh, work has, has taken up a, a whole lot of my, um, let's say thought energy. Uh, and I basically don't have the energy left to, uh, to write a meditation every day or to even write a meditation once a week uh, uh, above and beyond um, the, the podcast. And so that that's not happening right now. I have hopes that I, I will be able to get back to that, but I have to, I have to really focus on the, on the, uh, the primary purpose, um, you know, which is um, in our, our tradition somewhere, right? Focus on our primary spiritual purpose or aim or whatever. And uh, and that's and that's doing the podcast, and that's been a change that that happened uh, as a result of going having to go solo. Um, also, um, as I said, I I really felt strongly that uh, I wanted to have co-hosts, that I wanted to have multiple voices, and so when it came to a week and I couldn't, I hadn't found somebody to co-host. And and at first I was trying to find a couple of people because that's what I was used to. I was used to having three people. Uh, you get a little round robin conversation going, uh, and and so I would feel a little bit of a failure when I could only get one co-host. And then, um, you know, the first time I I had no co-host, I think the first time I had no co-host, I probably probably didn't record the episode that week just because I felt like it wasn't what I wanted it to be. But I did eventually uh, start to record uh, episodes by myself, uh, either uh, because I didn't uh, get a co-host for that episode, or because uh, it was an, it was a topic that I felt I really wanted to address on my own. And usually, that was those episodes that were more from my personal experience, more of more of just my story. Uh, and what I heard from you was that you appreciated both formats. That you appreciated the the episodes with a co-host and that you appreciated the ones I did by myself. And that, you know, that gave me confidence uh, that uh, I could, uh, I could be a little less rigid in my approach uh, 
that I could do uh, I could do things in whatever way worked best for the the thing that I was doing. I could do an episode that way, um, and and that was really helpful. That was really helpful. Um, as as I moved into the sort of the solo uh, solo hosting of the podcast, I uh, also started reaching out uh, much more strongly to um, people who are not in in my physical uh, space. Uh, to to finding uh, as I might call them electronic guests or electronic co-hosts, people that would join me by by Skype or by other um, electronic medium, and I had done we had done a little bit of that um, in the early days, uh, reaching out to to uh, friends who had moved away and uh, maybe having a short interview by Skype or something and and including it in the show. But there came uh, there came a time, and and then I started doing that. Um, I think I, I remember a couple of episodes where um, I talked to uh, somebody by Skype, uh, recorded maybe fifteen or twenty minutes, and then uh, included that uh, into an episode that I did with uh, uh, an in studio guest, um, and. You know, the, I started to gain confidence in being able to do, do the do that to uh, to have people join me join me remotely, um, and again, uh, that gave me the ability to bring a lot more voices uh, of different experience because uh, and different uh, different experience with the program, but, uh, along with different different life experience. Because if I talk to you, and and you're in California or you're in Germany, or you're in uh, Florida, or you're in any other uh, part of the world, uh, you know, your experience of the program is going to be different than mine. Uh, and I know we've, we've talked a little bit about this, you know, here in Michigan, we mostly have these uh, so-called table meetings where the, the meeting breaks up into several small groups that each uh, maybe talk a, about an independent topic. And and I know this is not true in some other parts of the country, and so it's interesting to uh, to see those differences, um, and and to 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 talk about our different experiences of the program. And finally, I I, uh, I well, actually, I think um, I think Ruth reached out and offered um, to host the all of the the traditions. So we went through the twelve traditions once a month uh, in in twenty fourteen. She offered to host co-host with all of those, and so those were, I think, among the first, if not the first, episodes that that I did a complete episode with uh, a, a co-host who was not sitting across the table from me, uh, and uh, learning how to do that, learning how to uh, do that without, uh, for example, talking over each other uh, too much. Uh, or actually learning to record it in a way, such a way that if we did end up talking over each other, I could uh, edit one or the other of the voices to uh, to make them not on top of each other. And you know, learning new learning new techniques for recording. Um, so there's been a lot of a lot of learning. Um, being being the solo host, uh, the solo producer, I guess maybe maybe a word here of the show. Um, has really challenged me to work through uh, some of my character defects, and in particular, 
the one about asking for help, the one about not asking for help, I guess is the way to put it. Uh, it's, it's sometimes really difficult for me to reach out and to, to, uh, to say to somebody, can you help me with this? Uh, because I fear that they will say no and I will feel rejected, you know, and, and learning that when I ask somebody, uh, for this sort of help and they say no, that it's not a rejection of me as a person. It's just them saying, I can't do that, that one thing. Or in some cases, uh, no, I really am not interested in, in participating in the podcast or I really don't have time to, to do that right now. Uh, maybe for the next several months or year and, and learning to, uh, to take that, uh, as a, expression of their boundaries uh, rather than as a rejection of myself. Um, so you know, getting, getting the, the nerve as it were to, uh, to reach out to say, can you help me? Uh, and working through that, that fear that everybody's going to say no. Uh, and, and understanding that if everybody says no, I can still go ahead. Uh, it's sort of like the, uh, I want to go to a movie. Does anybody else want to go to a movie scenario that I've talked about? And uh, and if everybody says no, that I can still go to the movie. You know, if everybody says, I'm sorry, I can't help you with that, that podcast episode this week, I can still do it. And I have done it. And I know I've done it. And that, that has given me some confidence. So there's been a lot of value in sort of growing myself as I've done this over the last year of... Uh, um, you know, learning to, to work past this fear of asking for help, learning also uh, to, uh, you know, doing this on a regular basis. I mean, somebody, I, I don't remember where I, where I heard this, some, some podcasting uh, show, you know, podcast about podcasting. Somebody said, you know, podcasting is not a sprint, it's a marathon. And it's true, you just keep going. Um, and if I push if I push too hard and burn myself out one week, uh, then I won't have the energy to do it another week. And so I have to, to really, um, you know, figure out what I, what I can do, how much I can do. And, and there are some things that I'd really love to do that, uh, again, haven't had the, uh, you know, the sort of the spiritual energy to, to spare yet. Um, so this has been some of the, some of the challenges and, and the benefits that I've gotten from meeting those challenges. And, and one of the, the big things that keeps me going is hearing from you. Uh, you know, and maybe I'll hear from one or two or three of you in a week, and that's enough. Um, every, every email that I get, every voicemail that I get um, is a boost, is, um, you know, helps me to know that, that the work that I'm doing, this marathon, um, is appreciated, is of value. And when I get, when I get, particularly when I get an email from somebody who says, um, you know, I live in a situation where I can't make it to meetings and this podcast is what's helping me get through my days, uh, or, wow, I haven't actually gone to an Al-Anon meeting yet, but I feel like I... Um, I feel like I understand why why I could go, um, what I would get from it, um, and I, I'm already I'm already been helped. Uh, or 
Uh, I really appreciated the discussion of that particular topic. It struck home for me the the this particular thing that that you said or this particular thing that a guest said uh, just resonated so strongly with me or um, wow, I hadn't thought about that topic in that way and now I understand this new thing and I want to share it with you. Um, all of those sorts of emails, even the ones that just say, you know, you're doing a good job, keep on doing it. Um, those those make me know that what I'm doing is has has value, and it and it gives me, it really feeds me that energy that I need to keep on going, uh, to uh, you know, to pick up a topic every week, uh, to uh, to write a to write an episode, to find readings, to find music, uh, to ask guests to to come. I get the energy to do that because I know from you that what we do is valuable that what we do is appreciated and that's not the only reason I do it, but it's a huge part of, of keeping it going. It would be a lot harder to, uh, uh, you know, to pick up, to pick up the microphone figuratively. I mean, I don't pick it up. It's on a stand and, and I, but to, uh, to set up to, to, and to, to start talking, uh, talking to, I'm talking to an empty room here, uh, but I'm not talking to an empty room. I'm talking to all of you. I'm talking to you who's listening right now to, you know, on your, in your earbuds on the treadmill or in your car or you know, sitting at your computer or taking a walk. Um, I'm talking to you and I keep this image of you in my head, uh, as I'm talking, uh, as I'm, as I'm staring at the, uh, the, the blank window in front of me. Uh, I know that, that there are, there is a person who is hearing my voice and you know, you're not hearing it at this instant, but you're, you, you're hearing it at the, at this instant that you're hearing it. You're not hearing it at the instant that I'm saying it. Time is weird when it's time shifted, like it is in a podcast. Um, that keeps me going. That keeps me coming back into this room week after week. Uh, that keeps me, um, you know, at continuing to ask for help, continuing to say, if you want to join me as a guest, um, just let me know. If you want to suggest a topic, just let me know. Uh, and, uh, wow, I mean, I, I really, I wouldn't be doing this without knowing that, that uh, you know, you're appreciating it, that you're coming back. I thank you so much for that. Um, and, you know, the, I've talked, I, I, I touched on this a little bit, um, that, that the podcast, I mean, I'm not just doing it for you. I'm doing it for me. Um, if we are not both getting something valuable out of this, why am I doing it? Uh, you know, I'm not getting paid. I, I appreciate the donations people send. Uh, they um, enable me to meet my expenses. Uh, but I would I would keep on doing this even if if nobody sent money. But it's it makes it a lot easier. Um, to uh, to keep going uh, with with that, but I also do this because my program gets stronger. Um, you know, why do I go to meetings? They, I go to meetings because I need to hear the message. Um, I need to hear the message from the literature. I need to hear the message uh, from 
other people. I need to hear the message from my own head as, as I take in what other people have said, as I try to explain it to you, um, explain as I try to express my experience, my strength and my hope to you. I sometimes come to see things about my experience that I did not see before. I come to see things about uh, the way in which the program applies or can apply in my life, the way and ways in which I can use the tools of this program um, that I hadn't seen before. And so um, this podcast has been uh, a really significant tool in, in my recovery in my continuing recovery um, so I was inspired to, to this topic, um, by, I was listening to a podcast about podcasting. I listened to several of those and the host of that, that podcast was talking about how to celebrate milestones, how ways in which you can celebrate milestones. And, and he suggested that for significant anniversaries, like a year or two years or whatever, that maybe it would be okay to engage in, as he put it, a little bit of navel-gazing, a little bit of retrospection about what the podcast has meant, um, what what it has brought, what it has, uh, you know, the experiences that you've had, uh, maybe what you've learned from it, what you've gained from it, uh, what you've put into it. And, and so I thought, okay, so... This episode 99 is almost exactly two years after our first episode. It's the, the closest I can get with the, the schedule in which I record the podcasts. And so, uh, and it, it, I would do, I would do a little, little navel gazing here. Uh, so I hope that's, uh, been okay for you. Um, and, uh, I really do appreciate you listening. Um, I would not still be doing this with, without you. So after a short break, I want to continue and talk about uh, what my life in recovery has been this week, uh, how recovery is working in my daily life and in my meetings. And I picked out a, a musical selection, which uh, please go listen on the website, uh, check it out. Uh, I picked Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers uh, with Learning to Fly. This is going to be at therecoveryshow.com slash 99. And it's just, I mean, it's, it, there aren't very many lyrics in this song. It's so the, the chorus says, I'm learning to fly, but I ain't got wings. Coming down is the hardest things. And hardest thing, obviously. Uh, and I feel like over the past couple of years, uh, I've been learning to fly this podcast. Uh, and I don't think I had wings at the beginning. Uh, and, you know, through the last couple of years, I've been, I've been, growing some wings, uh, finding some wings, um, through, uh, through the help of, you know, I could have picked with a little help from my friends too. That would have worked really well here. In this section of the podcast, I'll talk about my life in recovery, what's happening in my meetings in my life this week. Uh, so over the over the course of the week, uh, I've been to uh, two meetings where we had a newcomer and thus uh, did a uh, a first step uh, a meeting where we talked. Read typically what we do is read the first step, and in one of the meetings we read the first step from uh, the book How Al-Anon Works. In the other meeting we read the first step from the uh, the book Paths to Recovery. 
and and it's sort of interesting to me the uh, the difference in those two readings. I don't have either of the books in front of me, but the one from from uh, how Elanon works, I've always felt comes down really hard on the unmanageability part of of the equation. Um, starting out, each of our lives has been devastated by someone else's drinking and. And I always wonder, here's my codependency kicking in, I always wonder, wow, has this person's life really been devastated? I mean, they're looking pretty happy right now, so maybe they're not devastated. And are they hearing the message? And, uh, you know, my brain, boop, 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 boop. Okay, so so we read it. And then, um, and and the one in past recovery is a little, um, a little less harsh, I think. Uh, talks more about hope and, and finding recovery than the, I mean, the reading in, how Elanon works does end with the phrase "we move toward hope," so both of them try to end on a hopeful note. The one in past recovery is a little less harsh in the middle, I think. Um, and I don't know—is one of them better than the other? I really don't. Um, it, 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 you can't take the same person and and bring them into their first meeting and 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 sort of read them both of those and then and then get this opinion like, well, which one of those really speaks to you more? Because they hear one or the other first, I guess. And that's the scientist in me sticking out there. Like, I want to do this controlled experiment, but I don't know how to do it because um, people are, you know, not amenable to to, to that sort of thing. Anyway, um, yeah, wow, way off topic here. So after we, um, after we read the first step, generally each of the, each of the people who um, are already members of the program will talk some about their understanding of the first step. We'll talk about their experience, maybe what brought them to the program, or uh, how that how you know how it helped them to deal with uh, some uh, situation with an alcoholic in their life. And sometimes the uh, the people who are there for their first meeting will also share something, and sometimes they won't. Uh, and you know the intent of that that first step meeting is to to give people a feeling of why uh, they might want to keep coming. Uh, you know, honestly, and to also, and this came came through uh, really strongly in sharings at uh, one of the meetings about not being alone anymore. Um, that uh, so many of us felt totally alone before we came uh, to the rooms of Al-Anon. Uh, we felt that that our situation was was unique, that nobody understood, and that nobody could understand. And so, um, if I can help somebody to see that you know their experience is is shared that the that other people have have been through that pain who understand that pain because when i came to my first meeting that was i felt that very strongly that that these people in that room understood what was going on in my life and that maybe there was there was a way out um, so that's that's sort of the purpose why we do that um, and uh, my other meeting that I went to, my home group, um, is a large meeting. Uh, we do not do a, a first step uh, sort of thing for each newcomer because we have newcomers to the meeting almost every week. Um, and so the share at the at that meeting was was about step two. It was a, a sort of a last minute thing, and I often think that you know sometimes those work better. Uh, the uh, the person who was chairing the meeting had not been able to uh, to find somebody to do the lead until uh, she got to the meeting and and uh, 
as the person who did the lead said, yeah, I, I, I was asked about 10 minutes ago when I walked into the room, so this is what we're going to do. Uh, and and he he talked about uh, the second step and and about how um, he had found uh, a power greater than himself that that could help restore him to sanity. He talked some about the insanity uh, that had been in his life, the the unmanageability, and and lots of good shares around the room uh, from that. I thought, and then at that meeting, um, one of our service commitments at that meeting is to lead uh, a short meeting after the meeting for people who are new to the program so that they can get an opportunity to ask questions about the program, to talk about what brought them, uh, to the room and, uh, you know, sort of not, not necessarily take the place of, um, doing a first step table at a, at, at one of the smaller meetings, but, um, to welcome the newcomer into the program anyway. Uh, and uh, so I have taken that commitment for the months of December and January. And I had, I think, four people um, came to our little circle of chairs in the corner of the room uh, and and talked about some about why they were there, asked uh, questions. I usually start out talking about the literature and about the program in general um, and then and then let people ask questions. And I had questions about sponsors. And, uh, but uh, one of the people who was new said, you know, I didn't really connect with anything anybody said tonight, but somehow I feel like I, I belong here. Uh, and and from from the situation that person expressed, I mean, there certainly were in, an, in a situation that um, fit the, uh, the criteria in tradition three of having been affected by somebody else's alcoholism. And they said, well... Um, you know, keep coming back, try some other meetings, um, and, uh, and listen to identify with something that, that other people say, and you will, you will find people who have your experience, um, and can share that with you. Uh, and so I hope they do, uh, you know, this is, uh, doing, doing newcomer welcome, newcomer meeting is, um, it's a real exercise in letting go. Uh, you know, because I can only say what I can say in, in the space of, of a half hour. Um, I have to uh, leave them room for their questions, for their comments. And, and we generally, you know, if there's more than one person there, we often get conversation between the, the newcomers. It's very different from a meeting because there is crosstalk. Uh, we are, we're talking to each other rather than just sharing direct, uh, you know, sort of sharing as as we do in most of the meetings that I go to anyway. Um, and uh, so I have to let go sometimes of the conversation of where people want to take it. Um, and I have to let go of the outcome in particular. I have to, I, I can't, you know, if I sort of based my, um, you know, emotional state on whether uh, a person that I spent uh, a half an hour with in a newcomers meeting came back the next week. Um, wow, that would be crazy. Uh, because very often I, I, I mean, I do see people again, and and often I don't see them again. And maybe they decided the program was not for them. Uh, maybe they just found a different meeting that they like better. Uh, I don't know, and um, I have to let go of it. Uh, and and that's sometimes sometimes difficult. You see somebody who's really struggling and you're like, man, I really wish you could come here and find what I found. Well, you know, they're going to find what they need to find and they'll find it eventually. 
Um, and whether it's Al-Anon or whether it's something else, um, I have no control over. You know, that's between them and their higher power. So, uh, kind of a busy week for meetings, I guess. Or at least a lot to say about it. Um, and, and along that line, uh, um, at some point during the week, uh, a friend sort of sent out a cry for help on, on Facebook expressing uh, that a loved one of theirs was was not going to stop drinking had said they were not going to stop drinking and could i f- could 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 i find uh, an alanon uh, meaning i don't think they said meaning but that was that was the intent and uh, apparently a bunch of us responded uh, some people uh, write in comments on the on the facebook post and and other people by private message and and i really hope that that this person finds uh, find some recovery uh, from uh, from the situation that, that they're in um, that's clearly causing pain. But I have to let go of that. <laughs> I mean, I have, I've, I've held out my hand and, and offered help and, and uh, um, you know, they was, was thanked for doing so and that, that uh, you know, they might take me up on my offer. And they might not. Again, got to let go of the outcome. Uh, and I had an, another acceptance experience uh, on Friday. Um, I went to uh, periodontist. Uh, these are the people that, because I had a, a cavity basically in the root of one of my molars, like right up against another tooth, and my dentist was like, I can't deal with that. I, don't, I can't get to that. I can't clean it. Um, you have to go to this specialist dentist who, of course, will cost a lot more. Um, and uh, And so I had been putting it off for, I think literally a couple of years, like I would, I would go and they would say, Hey, have you gotten a tooth checked out? Have you got an appointment with the, I'm like, oh, no, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I, I'm, I'm meaning to do it. I'll, I'll do it this way. And then I would, would not do it. You know, I'd forget. And then I'd go to the dentist again and they like, I, you know, and it came to the point where finally, uh, before an appointment earlier this year, um, I was like, I cannot go into the dentist tomorrow and say, I haven't called the periodontist. So I finally called them, made an appointment. Um, and then that appointment turned out to be on the same day as uh, my wife's surgery. So I had to postpone it. And then that was on the same day as a follow-up visit that I needed to drive uh, my wife into Detroit for. And so I had to postpone it again. Uh, at least those felt like legit reasons for postponing it, you know? Uh, and, uh, and so finally Friday, uh, I went in and, um, and so, you know, they're doing these things inside my mouth that involve, well, first um, numbing it, thank goodness, uh, and then involving sharp, pointy objects. And, and I don't really want to know exactly, um, but I do know that the gum tissue around the tooth was, as she put it, remodeled. Uh, and there were some stitches involved, so definitely there were sharp, pointy objects going into my mouth that I didn't have to look at because I closed my eyes, okay? Um, and... And the actual, like, you know, drilling and filling part was was totally painless and very quick. Uh, it was sort of all the before and after part that um, that took the time. And at the end, um, you know, she apologized for, like, you know, taking so long and everything. And I hadn't felt that. I really hadn't felt that. I just uh, sort of, you know, I put myself, I think, in sort of a meditative state of, just I'm in the moment and what's happening is happening. And if I need to move my head or if I need to open my mouth or whatever, you know, wider or whatever it is, um, I'm just going to do that. And I'm not going to anticipate what's coming. I'm not going to think about, 
wow, I've been lying here for a long time. Uh, I'm not going to think about all the sharp pointy objects in my mouth. Uh, I'm just, I'm going to be here. I'm going to lie here. I'm going to accept what it is. I'm going to stay in the moment. And, and that made it really, I mean, I would say painless. Um, I mean, the painless, the, the sort of physical painless came from, um, you know, the Novocaine, uh, which also I, I have to say this person was like, had a really good deft hand with the Novocaine needle. I hardly felt it at all. So that's always appreciated as well. Um, but there was no sort of emotional, spiritual pain associated with the visit uh, because I just went with the flow. And, you know, that is something that um, to a large extent I have learned, uh, you know, from the al program of, of spending some time uh, just in the moment, just not, not spending time in the future, uh, anticipating expectations, uh, not spending time, um, you know, resenting whatever has already happened. And, uh, and so the program, again, the program works in, in all parts of my life. So what are we, uh, what are we going to be talking about in the upcoming weeks? We've got some topics uh, proposed here. We have a growth in the program topic, uh, discovering ourselves topic, um, healthy support versus caretaking. I've been sort of promoting that one for a while. I need, I think I want to co-host there. So if you're interested in talking about healthy support versus caretaking, uh, drop me a line. Uh, let me know that uh, you'd like to uh, to pick that topic up and uh, and have something to say about it. Some experience, strength, and hope to share, as we say. And also, we're approaching the end of 2015. Uh, the start, the ooh, the end of 2014 and the start of 2015. And many of us make New Year's resolutions. Uh, and I'm wondering what what you're thinking about. Uh, for the new year? Are you making resolutions? Um, what sort of resolutions are you making? Are they different than resolutions you used to make before uh, you started in recovery, before you came into recovery? How are they different? Um, are there more? Are there fewer? Uh, and how do you feel about your chance of actually, um, you know, uh, observing those resolutions uh, with the, the tools that you've found? Um, in your program. So, uh, you know, drop us a line, uh, send an email to feedback at the recovery show.com or call the voicemail number, which is 734-707-8795. Or you can use the voicemail button on the website to communicate and, uh, and let us know, uh, what, what your resolutions are and maybe how, how that feels different. How does that feel different now that you're in a program and you actually have a way to achieve change, which are the 12 steps. So we'd love to hear from you, share your experience, strength, and hope, or your questions, um, your thoughts about uh, two years of podcasting, uh, or about any of the uh, the upcoming topics. Uh, let us know. And also, if you have a topic you'd like to talk about, let me know. And if you'd like to be a, a co-host for that topic, uh, really, um, let me know, because uh, that that's awesome. I love having co-hosts. Um, the next episode, uh, no, let's talk about that later. Okay. Uh, and, uh, also you should check out the website. Um, yeah. so we have a website, which is the recovery show.com. And it has all the information about the show with notes for each episode, uh, 
an occasional blog, links to the music that we talk about in the episode. That's in the show notes for the episode. And uh, links to other recovery podcasts and websites that uh, that we've encountered and that we like. Um, so now we'll take a short break uh, before we look at the mailbag. And the second musical selection, which is also available on the website, is called I'll Go To by Carrie Newcomer. And the way I see this song, the song's about how her dad would be with her as she faced various challenges in her life, whether it was monsters under the bed or maybe learning to swim or getting married. Uh, I, and I feel so strongly that, that you have been with me on this journey, you know, whether you've been listening since the beginning or whether you just started listening maybe with this episode and whether you've communicated with me or not. Um, I still know that you're out there listening and, and you're hopefully getting something from it. If you keep coming back, I, Assume you're getting something from it. And uh, so you're going with me on this journey, or I'm going with you on this journey. And you know, here we are. Uh, we had a couple of voicemails this week. Uh, also, I had an email um, asking for a source for the third step prayer that Wendy mentioned in the episode about gratitude. Uh, and uh, I did, I replied to, to, uh, to the email with uh, a source, I think the text of the prayer as well. It's from the big book of AA where it's on page 63. If you Google uh, third step prayer or maybe AA third step prayer, uh, you'll find lots of links, uh, lots of online sources. Um, and uh, I have a link, a bookmark to a page uh, that has uh, a bunch of different versions of the third step prayer, for, um, which is, is helpful for those of us who maybe find the particular language of that prayer to be um, not, not working with, with our spiritual understanding. I, th- I think that's the way to put it. Uh, so I'll put some links in the show notes at the recovery show.com slash 99. Okay. We had a, uh, a voicemail from Akila. Hey, Spencer, it's Akila. I'm calling about the spiritual practice episode. I listened to it a little while ago and I've been thinking about it since. Um, and I have my regular spiritual practice, which of course is going to meetings. I do attend church services um, but I've been thinking lately, too, about how, for me, a spiritual practice is anything that protects my serenity. So, for example, it's, um, the news has been terrible for, like, two, three months straight, and I was, I'm on Twitter. But it got to the point where I would hate going on there because it was so depressing. And so what I wound up doing lately is I've been taking a Twitter and a Facebook break because I just can't stay in the barrage of information, and I'm reconsidering how I'm going to use both of those um, social media platforms. But for me, that's spiritual practice because I had to figure out that I need to protect my serenity, and the one way I do that is make sure I'm engaging in self-care, which is my biggest spiritual practice. The other thing I was going to mention is your Tradition 11 episode when you were talking about protecting anonymity and um, especially with AA members and stuff. And I was thinking about that because, for me, that was a huge part of learning to mind my own business and what is my business and how does that work. And so if something's not my business, I try to 
to not engage with it. And that means saying that someone is a membership of either fellowship or any fellowship I belong to, and that's why anonymity becomes so important, because it teaches me what's my place and what's not. Anyway, thank you so much. Um, talk to you soon. Bye. Bye, Akila. It's always great to hear from you. So it's, uh, I, you know, I understand what, what, what that's about because I, I sometimes feel the same way. Uh, and, uh, you know, I see the, uh, I'm not taking a break yet, but sometimes I look at Facebook and it's like, yeah, you have uh, a bunch of notifications. And I'm like, yeah, and I don't really want to go look at them right now. Um, so, uh, yeah, spiritual practice, uh, p- preserving your serenity. I like that. Uh, I like that. A spiritual practice is anything that helps to preserve my serenity. Thank you. Also had uh, also had a voicemail uh, using the voicemail button from Anthony. Hi, Spencer. I just wanted to let you know that uh, I do appreciate your program or the the recovery uh, show very much been very helpful in between meetings and as you know this time of year is very difficult for many of us um, in recovery and out of recovery um, and I, I was remembering your your message in the Tradition 12 podcast where you're mentioning that you're going to be out and traveling I wish you well and hope you have a great time um, for those of us who are going to miss the uh, the consistency. I'm wondering if you could mention in one of your upcoming podcasts before you leave um, recommended um, podcasts from the um, archive. Um, perhaps um, ask people to send messages or chime in as to which ones they feel are most helpful or have been most helpful and why uh, and you know, share those in the in the the podcast before you leave. That might be a good segment. Um, yeah, hope you're having a great day. Um, and again, thanks to you and uh, all your guests. Take care. Bye. Hey, thanks, Anthony. Um, and that's a great idea. Uh, I'm hoping to get uh, an episode recorded before uh, I, I travel next weekend. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I have sent out. So, yeah, so there's sort of a news thing here. Uh, that next episode is number 100, which is another one of those sort of anniversary numbers. Snuck up on me. Uh, and and I sent out an email uh, recently to um, people who have been guests on episodes during the year to uh, To see if they might want to share a little bit with us about uh, what that experience meant to them, uh, and uh, I hope to I hope to hear back from some. Uh, we'll see. And so, if if I do, that's that's going to be the content of of number one hundred. But to get to your question about sort of favorite episodes or episodes that might be helpful to people uh, as they as they approach the holidays, I think that's a great question. Uh, and I, I will throw it out to uh, those of you who are listening right now. If you're listening and you uh, can think about, uh, you know, maybe some topics, uh, a topic or two or one that uh, was helpful to you as maybe you were at Thanksgiving celebration with family this year or some other holiday celebration or even just 
family visit because, I mean, there's two things about the holidays. One is that we get back together with family, and for many people in the program, family was sort of the reason why they're in the program in the first place. And the second is that holidays in particular uh, tend to bring up a lot of expectations. And when those expectations are not met or when those expectations can't be met and we know they're not going to be met, um, that can also cause um, us spiritual pain. And and so what do we do? What do you do? Um, what tools of the program help you when you're in those situations with maybe with your family of origin, maybe with some of your as. Uh, you know, some of the alcoholics who uh, have affected your life or just because of the the high expectations around the holiday period and maybe, you know, you're not able to meet those expectations. So uh, please, uh, you know, send me an email, uh, voicemail, uh, whatever works for you. And I will put up uh, a list of links to suggested episodes uh, as a blog post, so I can get it up there as, as quickly as possible as soon as people start responding. And uh might even seed it with a couple of my own, I'm sure. Uh, I will get that up there, and, and hopefully we can have that up there as a resource for, for people during the holidays so that you can quickly go uh, and find an episode that uh, of the podcast that might help you with something that, that's happening right now or over the next couple of weeks for you. Thanks, Anthony, for uh, for that suggestion. Love it. It doesn't cost you anything to listen to the recovery show. We do have expenses, which are running about $60 a month. You can help to support us and keep us on the web and in your ear in a couple of ways. We have a donation button on the website where you can support us directly, just like Alice and Suzanne did. We also have put together a list of recovery-related books. Click on the books link at the top of the page, and if you order... One of these books from Amazon through our website will receive a small commission. And in fact, anything you order from Amazon, uh, when you click on that link or if you click on the uh, the link uh, on the uh, the right-hand side of the page where it says Donate by Shopping, um, we get a commission from Amazon on whatever you buy in that order, at least if you're in the United States. Uh, but in any case, thank you for your support in whatever form you give it, including just listening to us. We're here for you. Last song selection is I May Know the Word by Natalie Merchant, uh, which again, you can listen to at therecoveryshow.com slash 99. This was recommended by uh, one of our listeners. I want to thank you for that. Some lyrics here. I may know the word, but not say it. I may love the fruit, but not taste it. I may know the way to comfort and soothe a worried face, but fold my hands indifferent. If I'm on my knees, I'm begging you now. If I'm on my knees groping in the dark, I'd be praying for deliverance. And sometimes, you know, I think I feel like I know the word, but I can't say it. Uh, I may not be tasting the fruit because I'm distracted by something. And over the last couple of years doing this podcast, um, I have gotten the support of so many people in helping me find the word, in helping me taste the fruit, in helping me comfort and soothe myself, and hopefully some of you as well. Thank you for listening, and please keep coming back. Whatever your problems, there are those among us who have had them too. If we did not talk about a problem you are facing today, feel free to contact us so we can talk about it in a future episode. 
May understanding, love, and peace grow in you one day at a time.